Welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are, we're not just doing a film, we are doing three films, all starring Vanessa Hudgens, the Disney queen Vanessa Hudgens. This is our Vanessa Hudgens Christmas special episode. This is... Who is Vanessa Hudgens? How is Vanessa Hudgens? What is she doing on the screen in these Christmas movies? How do we feel about it? So we're obviously covering three seminal works that star her. The Princess Switch. The Princess Switch sequel. Princess Switch switched again. (laughs) And The Night Before Christmas spelled K-N-I-G-H-T for those who have not seen it. Truly, truly, truly. Like the fact that she that she did the Princess Switch in 2018, the night before Christmas in 2019, and then the Princess Switch 2 switched again this year. I mean, what what a fantastic three years she has had. Like, wow. Vanessa Hudgens has the spirit of Christmas. Um, no one would ever doubt that. In fact, in these movies, she acquires more of the spirit of Christmas. If the spirit of Christmas was a currency, Vanessa Hudgens would be a billionaire. She would be in the 1% of Christmas spirit. Yeah. And I mean, let's, I mean, first let's talk a little bit about Vanessa Hudgens. Like if you are either like a gen, a gen Xer or, um, what are, what are the kids called? Generation the, Z? The Zoomers. The Zoomers. Yeah. If you are a Zoomer or a Gen Xer, there might, there's a good chance that you do not know who Vanessa Hudgens is or you didn't grow up with her at all. I was just the right age to grow up with Vanessa Hudgens. She's only like four years older than me. So that's not like really a huge difference. And I watched all three high school musicals. The third one, which was theatrically released, and I went to the movie theater to see High School Musical 3. I I did. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I watched uh, High School Musical and the second one. I was also a camp counselor when High School Musical came out. I was like 18 because I'm a couple years older than you. So I was at the perfect age to be just old enough to not be genuinely into it, but also young enough to to know all her stuff. And <laughs> there were 14-year-old camp ca- uh, uh, kids that I counseled, even though I was only a few years older than them, and they like choreographed high school musical dances. So I feel very steeped in the world of high school musical. Yeah, it's actually really weird because like high school musical came out in 2016 no, 2006. What am I talking about? 2006. And then the sequel came out in 2007. And I was very much in high school at the time. And even though it's called High School Musical, it was like, I feel like way more popular with middle schoolers. So I was surprised that like a bunch of us high schoolers were still just like, oh my God, we need to go home to watch High School Musical. It was just like so bizarre. Like looking back, it's like, what fucking dorks? <laughs> yeah, I was like at the end of high school when the first one came out. Um and yeah, and I was, I was camp counseling and it was like a lot of the junior hires that were super into it, but also at the same time, 
pretty much everyone I know had seen it, regardless of age. Like everyone who was within a five-year age radius of me had seen High School Musical, regardless of their opinion. So it did penetrate the canon, yeah, <laughs> the, the pop culture canon. So she is like kind of like always been like kind of a theater kind of musical person. Like she did, she did Grease live and she did Rent live, neither of which I have watched. Uh, but you know, oh. And she was on Drunk History. That's cool. That might be one of the coolest things she's ever done. I did um, not know she'd been on Drunk History, but now I need to watch that because I love Drunk History. Uh, and so, you know, the the big movies that she did was Beastly, which we've done on this podcast, uh, which was terrible. She did Sucker Punch the same year as Beastly. So, I mean, what a what a year that was. Sucker Punch in, in auteur lolicon nightmare and i don't even know if i'm using lolicon correctly once again i am an adult vanessa hudgens has had a lot of years yeah (laughs) for a young Uh, woman she's had a lot of years she has been she's in spring breakers a movie that people think that i have seen but i have not because gucci main gets killed in it and because somebody told me that i was just like i don't want to see that like I don't if you want me to watch your movie don't tell me that like a Georgia rapper gets killed by a bunch of white girls cuz I'm 100% going to be like I don't want to watch that. Yeah, and that's completely valid. Um but maybe like before these movies my favorite performance for, from her was in Second Act. Did you watch the Jennifer Lopez movie Second Act? <laughs> no, isn't that that one came out like a year that came out 2 years ago. Okay, yeah, cuz I remember years the princess witch (laughs) yeah i remember seeing all the advertisements for it like in the in the train stops and everything and i was really excited because i tend to see things if jennifer lopez is in them um but i I actually haven't seen it yet but i'm seeing now that it's on hulu so that might be something i need to do later tonight yes you gotta watch it it's weird because like it has like the setup and plot of a rom-com but it's not that like it's just like about it's actually a really interesting story about a woman trying to return to the workforce, uh, trying to like, you know, break in and she doesn't really have any like credentials and stuff. It's very much like a, what do you do when you're a, a Gen X woman or like an older woman and you're trying to make money where all these like young people and Vanessa Hudgens is one of like the young ones. She's just like young and she has like beautiful skin. And like Jennifer Lopez is very much like, uh, it's just me having to fight against this child. It's me competing against this, this tot. <laughs> oh, I love it. I mean, that's very much the plot of younger, except it doesn't look like second act involves a big lie. Which yes, is crucial and younger. Act. Yeah, second act is like big younger energy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it, it. Basically, they're like, let's do younger, but actually, she's not going to lie about her age in this one. <laughs> she's yeah, gonna, I, I'm a sucker for that. I because I do think. I mean, that's such a big issue. Is uh, is Jennifer Lopez's character a mom? Is she a mom? I actually don't. You don't know because because I do because that is a big issue is women who have kids and they're out of the workforce for a while taking care of their kids or they have to take more part time jobs so they lose their big full time job and then they're trying to like get a career again years mm-hmm. later. That's that's a very real problem. So I'm all about I'm all about media that tries to tackle that even if it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean I thought that it was really thoughtful about like our times, finger quotes, in a way that a lot of movies aren't. Yeah. 
And also there's like a twist at the end that's like very fascinating. So yes, I can't wait till you watch it. Also, she has like a man candy kind of boyfriend played by like Milo V last name that I don't oh, know. Oh, to Miglia. I'm sure I yeah. slaughtered that. <laughs> She's got like a younger boy candy. And I'm just like, I'm all for this. This is... This and he's one dream. of those actors who's really good at the eyebrow raise, like yeah. the, the smoldering eye contact and then raising his eyebrows slowly and like, you know, tilting his head to the side just so. That's was, the energy was, that J-Lo deserves. It, yeah, I was, I man, I used to be so into him. But anyway, so Vanessa Hudgens, I do love how she, like, she does the musical thing, but she also, like, has completely dedicated herself to the chick flick. Oh, and yeah, for sure. I have to, like, I, I have to appreciate that. I really do. I can't. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, our whole podcast, you know, she she dedicated our, herself to the same world that we have dedicated ourselves to, just in different angles and different ways. So, you know, Vanessa Hudgens, I see you and I salute you for that. Uh, I do feel like, personally, I need to address that viral video she made um, at the beginning of quarantine that was, like, deep cringe. I don't know if you ever saw this or not, Jordan, but Vanessa Hudgens made a video back in March, maybe early April. Do you remember that? Where she was basically, she's like in her mansion or whatever. Maybe she's day drunk. I don't know her deal. I think she was sober and just a dumb celebrity because, you know, most celebrities are kind of dumb because they're rich and um, they've just been like surrounded by pillows. Um, Anyway, she basically was just like, I don't, get why we have to stay home like people die all the time and that's sad and like people are gonna die but like whatever like and it was because Coachella got canceled (laughs) no yeah it is so wild like how much well I did like a lot of reading about her just like trying to figure out what she's been doing like dating wise post Zac Efron because I'm always into the hot goss and she like spent like many many years after Zac Efron with this like Disney slash Nickelodeon star Austin Butler it's interesting that he's both like I saw him in Disney shit and Nickelodeon shit rarely that crossover happens but like and so she was with him for a while and like there are so many episodes through the years of um, episodes photos of them through the years just like going to Coachella and it's like their whole like ritual thing of Coachella and I think that that's like part of it is just like oh I can't do my ritual but I did she's a Coachella person you know I I feel like we forget that celebrities can be Coachella people because usually they're just they're performing at Coachella or they have you know a VIP pass but she's a Coachella person that is part of her identity separate from being a a celebrity so when she She found out that it was getting canceled because of COVID she was gonna let us know that she is not okay with that You must have been so high like it's a terrible it's a terrible thing and I was super like, yeah, I mean, it was so cringe. It, like, but... I wasn't, it wasn't like earth shattering to me in the sense that I wasn't surprised that she said something right. stupid because a lot of people were saying stupid things, famous and not, that were like, Bleh. but I was like, oh, this is such a selfish, bad look. And then, of course, she posted an apology because that's what you do. She's like, of course, I don't like that people are dying. I just want to go to Coachella. <laughs> oh my God, this, bitch, this Coachella bitch. But also, 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 I wanted to say that like, 
I, there's like so many articles about her and Austin Butler. That's the Disney actor guy breaking up. He was also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and he's apparently playing Elvis. I don't know. Film is weird. What was the juicy of breakup? Like, what? What do you know? Why they kept breaking I up? Was trying to figure because they were together for like I don't know, like seven years or something. Like it was like a very long time. Like it seemed like they were like it seemed like they were gonna get married, but like they apparently broke up because uh of like their schedules and that they couldn't like spend a lot of time together but like it seems like they broke up around the time that she was doing like netflix movies like uh, like i don't know what she what movie she i think she was shooting like the night before christmas when they broke up like something like that and i just i just i'm really you think he was jealous of Sir Cole? <laughs> no, I think they just like she was like they were like filming in like different countries or something. But I just 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 a wild thing like breaking up with someone because you're like busy doing a Netflix movie like that's that's hardcore. I yeah, mean, I guess it's the thing that that's interesting to me because like yeah, being too busy for a relationship is a very real thing. But both of them were stars the whole time. You know, it's not like they were quote regular people and then one of them got famous and had this demanding schedule it's like they were child actors so it's interesting that it just hit this peak randomly right when she's serious yeah absolutely (laughs) i'm i'm looking on my phone at him and just like his face uh austin butler he looks like Yeah, he looks like a willowy boyfriend I would have drawn for myself when I was 14. He, I was, I used to hate him so much when I was younger because, like, he shows up on Zoe 101 in, like, the final season or the final two seasons or whatever. And he's, like, kind of like a replacement boyfriend for, like, her original boyfriend on the show Chase. And I was just like, you can't just replace one white guy with another white guy. It'd be like if they, like, replaced Gordo on Lizzie McGuire. I was just, like, so pissed. Absolutely not. Gordo is an icon. Um, Gordo is one of those uh, characters where I have looked up the actor a few years back, but I actively don't because I don't want to know what dumb shit he thinks because I want to just be able to enjoy the memory of Gordo. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's some there's some of these guys where it's just like, no, I don't want to know. I just want to remember them as hot. Exactly. Like I had a crush on him when I was 11. That's really all I need. Yeah. So So Vanessa Vanessa, Hudgens. So, I mean, she's got a very busy schedule with Netflix, with these with these films, like three films in a row. Like I like I can maybe understand like how that might like lead to a breakup because it's just like there's so. And it's also just like she in two of them, she plays multiple characters in the Princess Switch. She plays two characters and in the Princess Switch switched again. She plays three characters. And my jaw was on the floor the entire time. Like (laughs) Kyle was so annoyed with me because I just kept on being like, this is incredible. She's just talking to herself from scene. Literally, to scene. she was in this movie and half of the scenes, she's just talking to herself. And I was like, if that is not the most relatable quarantine energy I've seen, just a woman talking to herself for an hour and a half. Absolutely. Five stars. Where's the Oscar? I'm here for it. I relate. I see myself on screen when I see her talk to herself. <laughs> I feel represented. <laughs> 
god. It's okay. it's incredible. I mean the the um and the night before Christmas, you know, she's only one character, but she is talking to a knight who has time traveled because of a witch and there are like 8 million puns. So there's just she's doing a lot for us in these she, movies. Okay, yes, so much. Okay, so the princess switch is just the most ridiculous. Okay, so Vanessa Hudgens, number one, is a baker from Chicago, and she's got, like, this, like, best friend who is very much, like, a puppy dog going after her, and then the best friend has, like, an adorable, like, precocious daughter, and it's, like, at first you're just, like, okay, they're gonna all end up together because it's very clear that like he's very into her but then she's not really into him that much right Um, she's just like oh this is my best friend you know we've known each other forever he's great but of course i wouldn't view him that way so we have this set up and you're like okay obviously something's gonna go on there right yeah and so he gets her like he, he brings her to this like it's like a ticket or t- a ticket or something to this baking competition. Like I, I forget. Like how does he? <laughs> so like basically, ticket, right? he, yeah, he gets her into this baking competition that she's been really excited about. And I'm not. I I, I think you're right. I think it's like a ticket, and then they call her up. It's it's unclear. But basically, she ends up at this baking competition she wanted to go to, and he believes in her, and he's just like, you're amazing, more people need to know about you and all the hard work you do. And she's like, oh, thank you. And who is there, if not another Vanessa Hudgens? Okay, (laughs) yes. Okay, so she goes to this place. It is the Kingdom of Belgravia, and it's Stacy, which is Vanessa Hudgens number one, and her friend Kevin, and then Kevin's daughter Olivia. And then there is a princess who is about to get married. Um, what is the the princess's name? Vanessa Hudgens number two is Lady Margaret Delacourt, Duchess of Montanaro. And naturally. She, <laughs> and <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> And she is betrothed to Prince Edward Wyndham, who is like, you know, your general, like, prince boy. Like, he's he's handsome, and he is... I don't know. I don't have a ton to say about him. I will say that I and I like him a lot in the second movie, but in the first movie, I don't have a ton to say about him. Do you? He's just kind of there. Like, he, you know, it's like kind of that thing where because someone's a prince even if they're just kind of a boring white guy, like you're supposed to find him charming in this Disney way, in this very uh, storybook, you know, oh, the prince. But he doesn't really have nothing against the actor. It's just he just, they don't give him a lot to work with. He doesn't have a super specific personality or or like he's so hot and royal. It's just like, okay, the prince. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because he's played by um Sam... Paladio, who is like an actor and a musician and he's been on like Nashville and like episodes and humans like all shows that people watched he does like 
even in the image of him on Wikipedia, he's like playing a guitar and he like actually looks kind of hot there. And I'm just like, okay, you got a musician and a singer and you just have him doing nothing in this movie. I wanted him to sing a fucking song, sing a song guy. Absolutely. Because I agree. He's hot in his promo photos and he's hot in the photos of him playing an instrument. And if you have a real musician, real ass musician, use that. Like, let him use his musician charisma and sex appeal. But I, I blame the script. Um, <laughs> well, the script really just, like, shoves him into this prince role and doesn't let him do anything else. And it's, by the way, it's written by Robin Bernheim and Megan Metzger. Um, so it is nice to see that it was written by two women. It was directed by Mike Roll, who like directs a lot of television uh which which like you can all that that's all really obvious <laughs> in this oh yeah for sure <laughs> and so also um nick sager plays kevin the best friend and okay kevin is wild to me like kevin was well kevin is wild in both movies but in this movie especially he seems like he's doing a disney performance even though he's an adult <laughs> Yes, he feels like the way that he's written and the way that he acts is like the really cool male 14 year old friend of the two. It, it is like a Gordo. Like he, he doesn't have the same personality of Gordo, but it's that kind of energy of like, I'm like the cool, sweet guy who knows you and cares about you. Um, and it's not that that doesn't exist in grown men. It's just the way that it's written and acted feels very Disney cool teen guy. <laughs> and by cool, I mean like actually a cool person. Yeah. Yeah. His daughter is so much cooler than him. Like I, Alexa, Adesin, who plays Olivia. Oh my God. She is the best part of this movie by a mile. She is. Oh, yeah. She's very charismatic and, I mean, and I have noticed that in a lot of Christmas movies, there's a precocious kid, um, and that is continued in these Netflix Christmas movies, is there's often a precocious kid who, like, kind of acts as matchmaker or helps kind of meddle with the love lives and the drama that's happening in the movie, and she definitely fits that role, but the actress actually is good, because a lot of times the kid actors you can tell that they didn't actually pick a real child actor. They just kind of threw a kid in there. Mm-hmm. But with this, she actually has charisma and, and she, she's acting, you know, which is, which is really unfortunate for the second one because they recast her and the girl that they recast her. Number one is like very light skinned. Like if the first girl is like Brown And like, you know, which I'm just like, I'm just so excited for this. And then they bring like the palest girl that they could possibly bring to the second. Like they don't look anything alike. And also the, the, and no, no offense to this kid. Like I'm sure she's going to be fine, but that kid in the second movie is bad. (laughs) Yeah. She doesn't have like Alexa in the first movie is great. Um, and I was really, really confused that Olivia was played by, like, I had to look that up while I was watching the sequel. Yeah, because I was like, okay, it's been a year since I've seen The Princess Switch. And there were definitely things about the movie that I'd forgotten because it's, it's not a movie that I watched with like the attentiveness of a student, you know? However, I was like, this definitely feels like 
Olivia's character feels different. So when I looked that up, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why no, did they even have her there? Why didn't they just... It's easy enough to not have the kid in the movie. She could just they, be staying yeah. with, like, an extended family member or something. Like, Yeah, exactly. She could have been staying with someone else because also she does, like, nothing in the second movie. But anyway, let's, let's stick to the first movie. Okay, so... So Lady Margaret is is feeling weird about getting married because she barely knows Prince Edward. Like she just she's never really gotten to be like a real girl. And it's very much like, I want to know how the other half lives thing. And <laughs> it's weird because it's mostly her that wants it. And then Stacy, Vanessa Hudgens number one, is just like, girl, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that's the funny thing is that it really is the royal one who wants to switch in this and not the, quote, whore one. I mean, like, Vanessa Hudgens won. Like, she has a job. She's doing great. She just works really hard. But I I do, I actually really like that the movie had her be more content with her life and had her be less kind of um, seduced by the idea of switching. And and it does feel kind of realistic that... um, you know, the the royalty would be like, oh, I'm fascinated by the commoners. I would like to find out what it's like. And, and, and yeah. uh, Vanessa Hudgens one is like, all right, have fun with my life. <laughs> I love, I will say, I love Margaret so much. Like between like Margaret and Stacy, it, it's Margaret that I love because she's just like so, she's so like bubbly and she's so curious. And I also really like um, her little, her governess. Who is that? <laughs> the lady who's like devoted to her. Like you can tell the lady who actually raised her. Is that, is that Mrs. Donatelli? Yes. Yes. She's fantastic. Yeah, um, by, um, yeah. and like I love her I was so happy that she was in the second movie because I was just like yes yeah that their relationship felt um maybe maybe the most lived in or like one of the most lived in relationships in the movie which you know is important because like <laughs> these movies aren't their strength is not that you're like wow these relationships are so rich and deep but their relationship actually felt like a real relationship even just in the passing exchanges yeah i i loved that and i also Um, i think the reason that margaret is more likable at least for me is that vanessa hudgens seems more into it like vanessa hudgens is into the accent vanessa hudgens is um she is this royalty that is uh, curious about the commoners and wants to give back and, you know, wants to learn about the world. And I don't personally think Vanessa Hudgens is good at acting. Um, Vanessa Hudgens, if you're listening, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but I think she's very good at smiling. Um, because I've noticed in the Princess Switch movies, she's almost never not smiling regardless of what the scene is it doesn't really matter what emotions are being conveyed she will be smiling while saying it and I wonder if that's an anxiety thing because I don't know I and I have done that before where you're just smiling because you're anxious or you're laughing because you're anxious and there's kind of that energy in the princess switch movie specifically but I also noticed it in the night before Christmas um but with with Margaret the smiling, the persistent smiling felt uh, more apt for the character. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Margaret's just excited by anything. And I do love, like, she meets Kevin and she's just like, oh, my God. Like, it, it's interesting because, like, I felt like Kevin was kind of, like, dorky and weird. But it's but it makes sense that she would be really into him because he's, like, very open about his emotions. Like, when you read his face, you know exactly how he's feeling. And I think that she's not really used to that. Right. Well, he doesn't have, you know, she's used to all of these layers of, of coded and interaction that go with being part of royalty and interacting with people in these very public, uh, very curated situations. So Kevin is the complete opposite. Like he's comfortable. He has a daughter. She meets the, you know, she meets Olivia. There's a very familial uh, comfort right away. And I think that's really refreshing to her. And like you said, he's comfortable with his emotions. He's not afraid to be vulnerable. Um, We love an emotionally available guy. He's great. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it's a, I yeah. I kept on thinking just like what a dweeb, but I couldn't help and I also it's like a dweeb, but like a cute dweeb in my opinion. Right. And uh, an interesting thing about like Prince Edward too is that he becomes way like more interesting to me when he acts like a dweeb because essentially like it, the thing the thing that um um Margaret does for Kevin is that uh, he is someone who like actually reciprocates his feelings and actually like engages with all of the dorky shit that he likes more like but Stacy's like very much like not dorky and it's just like a regular girl and yeah Margaret's and, really yeah. excited to um dig in to like just dig in with Kevin whereas Stacy's like I'm tired I work really hard I care about you but that's that and and so when Stacy's with Edward, she's basically just like telling him what to do, and he is so turned on by that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, if this was a different kind of movie, she would definitely like get out some dominatrix supplies, and that would be a thing. Like that would be the X-rated version of this movie is like the scene where she's doming Prince Edward. <laughs> <laughs> He, yeah, and so when he, like, proposes at the end, like, it's so, like, he's just like, man, I'm just so happy. I, he just needs to marry this woman who tells him what to do. Like, I <laughs> like I almost want to be like, huh, I wonder if Prince Harry likes this movie. <laughs> oh, I would love, wouldn't it be incredible to be able to interview Prince Harry about these, like, royal Netflix movies? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I mean, like... Uh, the thing that I always love about Prince Harry is that you can tell that he is obsessed with Megan, like the way that he looks at her. He's just like, oh my God. And oh, I mean, he is gone. Like he's in love. He's got it bad. He's and got it real bad. Yes. Yes. And that's the way that Edward feels about Stacy. And I kind of like, it's weird because like, I... I believe it because he's he's a good actor. He's not doing a ton of stuff, but he's a good actor. And I just wish that like Vanessa was bringing it with Stacy enough to make it really hit home like it should. Yeah, and it made me wonder uh does is it the writing? Like does Vanessa just not know who Stacy is well enough to get into character? Um, whereas with Margaret, there is the distinctiveness of Margaret being royalty and having an accent that makes her very different from Vanessa Hudgens herself. So maybe for Vanessa it was easier to get into Margaret's zone, whereas Stacy's kind of more of a general character. And again, I don't think the acting is actually that good in these movies. So it's like harder to step into that nuance of Stacy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
I do believe that Vanessa Hudgens loves an accent because in the Princess Switch 2, Switched Again, where she plays two British characters, it is one of the most incredible things. Like, it's so, it's so good. Like, it's very, like, in the second movie, you can tell this bitch loves an accent. Honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised if she... Like, if they're pitching around and maybe they include the actors in the pitching process and Vanessa's like, I can play another character. And they're like, that's perfect. That's it. (laughs) This is exactly what we need for the Princess Switch sequel. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so the Princess Switch sequel is, like, fucking wild. Because, like, there are so many plots. Like, the first plot is that Stacy, like, since she got to... um, since she got to the kingdom she just like works a lot like she's just like constantly working which is such an interesting thing like never in these movies do you expect does that ever happen or do you expect that to happen like she just like throws herself into her duties immediately and like doesn't feel put upon at all she's just like i'm busy and then edward's just kind of like following her around like trying to get her attention like the scene in the bedroom where like it's very clear that he wants to fuck and she's just like too busy to fuck i was like what is going on yeah because stacy is really into philanthropic work and she's just so used to working like she's used to being a working person so rather than you know relaxing or leaning into her royal status and trying to just kind of delegate you know and and like use her privilege for good but also chill out she's like she's just turned it into another job in a very straightforward way and so she's just like oh i have to organize this you know food drive i have to organize this and i feel like edward's just like oh like not it's not that he's not supportive of that he's just like i thought we were gonna be able to hang out I I love that he really balances like his supportiveness with him just like because he the reason why like he loves her so much and it's like he's so proud of her for her work but at the same time he's like I'm proud of you but I'm proud of you because I love you and I love you and I want to spend this time together and so you can just like see him struggling between like not trying to be an asshole because the work that she's doing is important and also just being like but uh yeah absolutely he's like but also hi (laughs) I love him in the second movie because he's just such a, like, he's just following her around and that power dynamic is very attractive. Well, yeah, Prince Edward becomes very vulnerable in the second movie because the first movie is just like, like, you can predict the plot of the first movie very easy. They switch places, you know, Margaret falls for Kevin, the baker, and um, Stacy falls for Prince Edward. Eventually everyone finds out about the switch, but, um, Stacy gets to stay as royalty and Margaret is still working as a baker, but she, Oh wait, no, no, no. Margaret. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Margaret is still working as a baker, but then she like, um, wait, am I, am I doing it right? 
Stacy is still working as a baker, but she's also doing all this philanthropic work. I have no idea what the fuck Margaret is doing. I'm honestly so confused by, like, the beginning. It's so funny because the first movie is so predictable and, like, you know, it has the gimmick of the switch, but you're just like, yeah, okay, they're going to fall for each other's people, right? And then they do. And then there's, like, the reveal. But then the second one, it's confusing but because it's kind of like they're both royal now because Stacy is married to royalty. So Very- she... So yes. she has like the privilege of royalty, but she's still working as a baker, but she's doing all this royal stuff. They're both like doing royal stuff and baking. <laughs> okay, yes. And they're like different kingdoms. So like in the so like Margaret well, Margaret doesn't really want to be a royal, but she finds out that she that like the people that are in line ahead of her either like abdicate or like died or like you know, and she realizes, oh no, I have to go back to Montanaro. So like it's like we're like working with two kingdoms. We're working with um Bulgravia's whatever, and then we're we're working we're working with like Montanaro. So there's that. Also, okay, so yeah, so I mean, it begins with Kevin and Margaret breaking up because Margaret is going back to be royal full time, and she just feels like it's too much to ask him to like, you know, give up his life and move his daughter and all of this. And so he, okay, Kevin in this movie, I kept on like I actually checked Wikipedia multiple times to be like, is this the same actor? Because the performance that he gives in the second movie is so different. From it's the so different. Oh my god, I didn't. It didn't feel emotionally the same at all. Like I was like, is no. this the same character? It's the same guy, right? Yes, it's the same actor playing the same character, but for some reason, like, it's like in the first movie, he's trying really, really hard to to be like a rom- like a romantic lead for one of these movies. It's like, it's like, because, you know, this is a black man. I feel like for the first movie, he just like watched a bunch of Hallmark and he was like, this is what I got to do. For the second movie, it's like he's just being himself. Like he's just talking, his voice is like way lower than it is in the first movie. And it feels like that's his regular voice. And yeah. then he- the voice thing is his what- His voice is different. The voice is, uh, it was so, I was just like, he just showed up and was just like, I'm just going to be me this time. I know, it's so funny, and it made me wonder, like, did he just not watch the first one after filming? Because some actors don't watch their own movies. I was like, did he just kind of, like, forget how he acted in the first one? And he's like, okay, I got the script, I'm just going to act it how I want. And it's like, because he felt so different. And, I mean, obviously... Um, you know, he's working with different emotions in this one. He's supposed to be sad for most of it because him and Margaret are broken up and um, Stacy is like trying to pressure him to go to Margaret's basically her crowning when she officially becomes queen. And he's like, no, no way. Like, I'm not going to show up as her ex. And so like, I get that he's sad guy in this one. And in the first one, he's supposed to be energetic and full of heart, but he's still the same person. He's still the same yes. character. Right. And it, yeah, he the fact that it's the same actor giving this different performance as well. Also his breakup beard, like his breakup beard is incredible. Absolutely. Like, five stars. Like <laughs> I did, I mean I will give him this. Like even though his even his voice is different than the first movie, he definitely has depressed breakup energy. Like you can tell this man is not doing okay. And I do love Because, like, I mean, of course, like, since everything's, like, a happy ending and stuff like that, 
we know that Margaret is going to end up ruling her kingdom in the end, despite all the hijinks. And I love this idea that this like black man is just like walking through Europe and it's like, he's going to be a Royal. And like in the first movie, I can kind of, I could kind of buy it because he's like doing this whole, like, I am going to make all of the whites comfortable kind of performance. But in the second movie, like he's just a black person. He's like, (laughs) I'm a nice, I'm like a passionate, friendly, gorgeous black man who loves Vanessa Hudgens as Margaret. (laughs) That's who I am. And you better deal with it. And I'm sad right now because she broke up with me before becoming queen. So get the fuck out of my face. I have to go take care of my daughter who somehow was replaced by another actress. (laughs) A daughter is like also also the thing about the daughter. And like, I'm not even going to say the child actress's name because this is a child. Like, I'm not going to make fun of her. But I do like... Because she, because she's like clearly a biracial child, her mother goes from like a black woman to a white woman. And it's so weird because like we don't see the mom. So it's like, we don't see the effects of this, but literally, I don't know, like white people notice this when they make these movies. She has a different mom now. She does not have the same mom. Yeah. I thought about that. I was like, (laughs) um, (laughs) so we're just going to not mention that that's just not going to come up okay i I see netflix it's wild (laughs) like the avoidance of race in these netflix movies is just like gymnastics it's like olympic gymnastics level it's just like (laughs) you're so aggressively not going to mention it Which is why um, A Night Before Christmas is interesting in a lot of ways in terms of race, but we'll get to that. Okay, so the um, the so the princess switch switched again. So we have we have Margaret, we have Stacy, and then we have this new character named Lady Fiona Pembroke, who is Margaret's cousin, who has like. Basically, she has, like, spent her entire fortune, but she still, like, wants money. And it's interesting. How do you spend your entire fortune? Like, it's, I don't know. Like, maybe it's, like, my Jane Austen brain. It's, like, if you know that your fortune is going to dry up, then you got to marry someone. You got to marry someone who has a bigger fortune. But I guess she just, like, wants, she's, like, very, like, a party girl. Also, people that rich have people who manage their money, you know, like royal people, like you wouldn't just, especially if it's this kind of royal old money where it's being handed down to you, you're going to have someone who deals with your money. You're going to have, there's going to be a trust or investments or something that is not directly accessible to you easily. So the idea that she just spent her credit cards, like, and that was all of her inheritance. I got stuck on that. Yeah, I just couldn't imagine wasting your inheritance. And then she's just, like, so chill. She's just, like, she's got to keep up appearances. So she just, like... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like she comes through... When we first meet Vanessa Hudgens, number three, Fiona, um, I mean, first of all, she has, like, a blonde, long wig. And she's very much dressed like she's going to Coachella. And she has, like, two lackeys. (laughs) (laughs) just like yeah I I don't know if it's I assume that they're just her friends who mooch off of her um that she met during one of her many vacations because she does talk a lot about vacationing around the world um she she arrives on the scene and it's obvious that Margaret doesn't like her and it's obvious that she's coming for a surprise visit and 
you know, because she has different hair, it's supposed to be like, it's like, obviously we know it's Vanessa Hudgens, but it's like the movie wants us to like suspend disbelief that like she could also look like Stacy and Margaret, which is the funniest thing to me ever. <laughs> okay. Fiona is Cruella DeVille in this series. Like she the the way even the way Vanessa Hudgens puts so much into this character work. Like the way that she laughs, the way that she moves her head, the way that she walks, like this this is Vanessa Hudgens like sharpening her craft because this lady is so wild. <laughs> oh yeah, Vanessa Hudgens. Like I feel like Stacy is like Vanessa Hudgens is like yeah sure you know I need work. Margaret she's like okay yeah I like this I have an accent I'm royal there's some levels here let's let's put my heart into it. And then with Fiona she's like oh fuck yeah Fiona <laughs> she's like oh I will pour myself into this. <laughs> we were talking over each other right she fucking loves playing fiona i just like i just loved her joy in every scene that she's playing fiona <laughs> just and and it works with fiona because fiona is meant to be i mean all of the characters are meant to be cartoonish in this genre of movie um but fiona particularly is meant to be a cartoonish villain and so vanessa hudgens really excited like uh style of acting for Fiona really does translate. <laughs> yeah. And so Fiona has this whole plot where she's just like, okay, I'm gonna switch places. I heard about y'all switching in the first movie. I love this. I love that she heard about it. Like I love that it's like a royal newsletter. It's just like remember the switch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like if you if I heard about that, I would never forget that. I mean, I never forgot the movie, that's for sure. Yeah, and so she shows up. She's like, I've heard about the switch. And it's weird that the moment that she says that, that they're not immediately scared that she's going to try to switch with them. Like, if if she said that to me, like, I'd be on high alert, but they're just like, huh. Yeah, that's well, interesting. I, I also felt that way, especially since it's clear that Margaret doesn't trust Fiona. Like, it's clear that Margaret is expecting Fiona to ask for a favor um, or, you know, sidle up for some very strategic reason. So I was surprised that, like, again, are we, the audience, supposed to believe that Margaret doesn't realize that Fiona looks so much like her? You know, because if I had a cousin who had my same face, I would know. <laughs> even if we had different style, even if I didn't like them, I would be like, yeah, she has my face. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so Fiona, what she wants to do is she wants to switch place with Margaret's, Margaret so that she can get coronated, so that she can, like, steal a bunch of, like, shit from the palace and, like, hawk it so that she can have more money and then like disappear and i just don't understand how that would work number one like why would a queen just like start selling her own shit yeah none of the plan makes sense at all it's like first of all i'm going to kidnap the fucking queen and switch places with her this is like the reason the first switch actually worked is because both of them wanted to do it <laughs> you know <laughs> like 
Um, she's like, I'm going to kidnap the queen and then just pawn stuff and run away. She also doesn't really mention how she was planning to run away after like, okay. And then we'll just like release her back and like, no one will find out who kidnapped her. Like I, I, I was, I mean, again, this goes back to the cartoonishness. I was cracking up at how loose ended the plan was. <laughs> yeah because like what if she just got stuck it's very clear that she doesn't actually want to be queen which makes it weird later when she actually does switch with margaret and then she just starts making a bunch of like royal decisions and it's like if you don't actually want to be queen then like why are you even well, bothering and that was my it? other thing is i was like okay if you don't want to be queen and this is really about the money it's actually way less risky for you to just find a way to steal from her successfully, like steal her cards, get her bank information, something versus kidnapping her and pretending to be her. Like get one of your lackeys to learn how to hack. I just, I was cracking up. I was like, this is such the most difficult plan with the worst execution, you know, course of action. Like what? because she just could like sneak in like she can still do the whole makeover thing so that she looks like margaret sneak in just steal a bunch of shit and leave she doesn't need to be at the coronation she doesn't need all of this other shit like it just it's just so extra and i feel like also it just like created on their set because like if you see her mansion it's like it's like this weird decaying mansion like this whole like this whole weird like gray gardens thing where it's just like her and her lackeys living in this decayed mansion and then like like and when they lock um stacy in the room they lock stacy in on accident instead of margaret she's just in the most ridiculous room where there are just like barrels everywhere what the fuck is that i'm obsessed with the decaying mansion to be honest um i I watched this documentary earlier today about the Bee Gees and there's this um, section of the documentary where they're staying in a chateau, but the chateau is like really trashed and like the utilities don't work. And they're like, yeah, when you, when you say chateau, it sounds fancy, but really this is just like a big (laughs) half built castle, (laughs) like without the proper utilities. And that was the energy that I got from Fiona's, a mansion space. It was like it was like um loft kid energy. It was like a warehouse punk warehouse um living for royalty. <laughs> yeah, it's oh my god. It's like it's so wild. It's so funny. <laughs> I- everything everything is so funny. Everything is so weird. And of course, I mean, of course what happens is Stacy and Margaret decide to switch back for a day because uh, Stacy talks Kevin into coming to Margaret's coronation. So all, you know, the, the four, the couples, the two big couples from the first movie are in the same, you know, castle area again. And basically uh, Stacy's like, let's switch so that you can get some time to hang out with Kevin. <laughs> uh this this switch is so interesting because it means that like Stacy is playing Margaret and she's playing Margaret with Edward. So it's like she's trying to like give advice to Edward about his relationship, but it's like it's their relationship. They're talking about their relationship, but she's like playing someone else. I was so I had to I pause was- the movie. the layers well there were so many layers and i didn't understand why she wouldn't just tell edward because edward obviously knew that they had switched the first time and that's why they met so i don't know why and she and edward also knew that you know stacy wanted kevin 
and Margaret to reconnect. So I feel like she could have easily just been like, Hey Edward, we're doing another switch. Um, you know, so when I'm quote out, it's actually Margaret out, you know, and I'm going to be Margaret. So just don't blow her cover. But instead she doesn't tell him. And there's this whole extra like shenanigan plot with Edward getting confused because his wife is pretending to be his ex. Like what? Everyone is confused. And it's just like, why don't you just tell these people? Well, one, it's like, you're right. Like Edward would know because like she spends so much of the early parts of the movie just obsessing over Margaret and Kevin. And Edward's just like, really? Are we still talking about this? Yeah. He's just like, okay, like, can we hang out? Like Edward's just like, I want to hang out with you because I love you. Like, I don't know what's going on with your obsession here. Yeah. And so when they switch, I'm just like, okay. But, like, they know, I don't know, you could just talk to them. Is the switch really necessary at this juncture in I both didn't, of I didn't really feel like the switch was necessary. I felt like they could have easily figured out a time for Kevin and Margaret to hang out without doing the switch. But, of course, the movie made this switch happen so that when Fiona went to kidnap Margaret, she actually kidnapped Stacy, pretending to be Margaret, which, again, wow. <laughs> truly doing the most not only do we have three vanessa hudgens we have three vanessa hudgens switching in the most complicated way possible um it's it's like so ridiculous and then there's like another guy another white guy that's like i guess like trying to get margaret it's just like why would you be back with kevin like i felt like the subtext was like why would you be with this black when you could be with me oh yeah (laughs) and he's like vaguely royal or he works in the castle or something i did not care about him enough to like really peg down his deal all i know is that he was trying to get kevin to leave her alone and he he does the thing that happens in these movies where eventually he like after uh margaret and kevin have hung out and had a nice time um she gets kidnapped right but it's actually stacy i mean no yeah she gets kidnapped um and then he comes to talk to margaret to be like okay i do want to be with you like let's try this and then it's fiona pretending to be margaret and fiona's like go away i'm breaking up with you and then the mean white guy is like you need to leave and so kevin's like what the hell is happening (laughs) poor kevin he's just like i wasn't even gonna come here why is all of this happening to me (laughs) yeah it's it's so messy and then there's like the big scene where it's just like no i am the real margaret no i am the real margaret no i'm stacy and it's just it's like I felt like my at the end of the movie I had galaxy brain just from all the Vanessa Hudgens like I had just my brain had exploded into the galaxy with just Vanessa Hudgens energy. Uh, yeah, neither good yeah. nor bad, just a lot of Vanessa. It's it's so much Vanessa, and I mean in the end it's just like they're two royal couples in the end. Like that's that's the ending. It's like royalty for everyone. Yeah, so everyone ends up together and and I think the funniest part of Princess Switch 2 is that it's still not the most ridiculous movie that she's been in. I think The Night Before Christmas might somehow be more ridiculous. Yes. The Night Before Christmas is 
in an, an incredible film like i like people told me it's like you're gonna watch the princess switch movies and you're gonna have a good time but then you're gonna watch the night before christmas and you're gonna realize that like this is this is the shit like this is (laughs) yeah i mean i've seen the night before christmas twice not to brag um (laughs) absolutely love wow i mean Even the description, a medieval knight is transported to the present day where he falls for a high school teacher who's disillusioned by love. I mean, already sign me up. Obsessed, of course. This high school teacher. Okay, so Vanessa Hudgens plays this high school teacher in this high school that looks as big as a mall. I just kept on being like, is that really a high school? What the fuck? Like, there's a scene where she's just, like, walking around and there's, like, a piano in the bed. There's just, like, a piano. Like, they filmed those high school scenes in a mall and they didn't think that we would know those. I know, the high school, yeah, it's, like, a massive compound. I'm like, what is happening here? And at the beginning, she's, like, uh, talking to one of her students who's just like, oh, I was with this boy... And I thought he was a prince, but he wasn't. And Vanessa Hudgens is like giving the weirdest advice. She's like, yeah, men ain't shit, girl, essentially. And I'm just like, can you, can you just, like, can you just let this 10-year-old have a crush and like maybe go get a journal? <laughs> like what is going on? <laughs> and I also feel really weird for this black girl because they put the absolute worst wig on her. And since she's only in like two scenes, she's only in like the beginning and the end I just don't understand why they just couldn't have her do her natural hair. And, like, I was arguing with Kyle about this. It's like, I don't know. She's a kid. Maybe she just has bad hair. And I was just like, no, honey. No, that wig. I have seen a wig. They didn't even pull it up where it could be, like, properly at the hairline. Like, where it was sitting, you could tell that there was still more of her forehead under it. (laughs) No, it looks like a wig that was just, like, placed onto her head. Like, it was not actually put on her. Like, it was, like, placed on her head at a costume store, and they're like, we'll just have you wear this. It was disrespectful. She's a very cute young girl, and I did not like that they did that to her. (laughs) Yeah, no, I was so upset that they did that to her. I was just like, why is this movie so anti-black that they had to put that on her? I know, this little girl has a wig, and then we have a black cop character. Okay, so, you know, interesting about this movie, like, aside from the stupid racial shit, which, like, I mean, a lot of these holiday movies are weirdly anti-black. It's actually weird that, like, the first princess, which isn't. Um, but uh, the other thing is that Vanessa Hudgens, who mostly plays a white girl most of the time, like she does not play a white girl in second act. And that's, and that's like an important part of her character. But in this one, like when you meet her sister, I was just like, they actually look related. I have rarely ever see, <laughs> see that for her. <laughs> like, Yeah, like Absolutely. That- the family is like of color like her i was just like she doesn't look white like (laughs) like she she doesn't it's always weird when she like plays white because i'm just like but she's not like we know that she's not she's (laughs) filipino and native american like let her yeah (laughs) i yeah Yeah, it's weird because it is like, um, I'm trying to remember which actress we talked about before who this happens to also that we've covered on the podcast where she plays roles that are white or so colorblind that it feels like they're supposed to be white. Um, Jennifer Lopez, we talked about. (laughs) 
No, but I'm thinking of someone else. You know what? I'll, it'll come to me. It'll come to oh, me. Oh, okay. Uh, not not yeah. as famous as J-Lo. This is going to drive me yeah. crazy. I mean, this happens a lot where there's just like this weird thing where we're like, it's just like she's pale enough. So she must be white. And they do this with men, too, but like not as much. But yeah. So I, I really appreciated that. Like her family wasn't like blonde. because <laughs> I'm just I, I liked her family a lot in the night before Christmas, the night before Christmas. I, I thought that they were I thought that they were good. I actually wish we could have spent more oh, time. Oh, you know, I was sorry. I was thinking of Jessica Alba. Yes, that happens with Jessica Alba all the time. Because she is white, right. but she's also Mexican. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, she totally. does have French and, you know, white, white shit. But, yeah, that's who I was thinking. Okay, I sorry. I just had to close that little loop for myself. No, no, that makes total sense. And, yeah, I totally agree with you. So this one... Um, it's about Vanessa Hudgens plays a teacher, and what's the teacher? I mean, it's really just Vanessa Hudgens, but just for... Yeah, I mean, the teacher's you know. name is Brooke, and she's disillusioned by love because, you know, her ex wronged her, and she's she's letting it out on this sweet girl who has a crush, um, and so that's how we meet her, and... <laughs> And so uh, we also have Sir Cole, who his name was driving me wild the entire time because it, it's like everybody's saying Circle. I and know. I don't understand why no one knows. Like, did they know? They, they had, like, I feel like they had to know Jordan because there are so many bad puns in this movie. They had to do Circle on purpose. If they didn't, it's the greatest mistake in all of humanity. Um, Sir Cole. <laughs> Sir Cole. Sir Cole. Uh, so, yeah, his his brother is, like, trying to be a knight, and he's, like, these, like, hot brothers, by the way. Like, I was just like, wow, both of them are hot. Like, Sir Cole is played by Josh Whitehouse. And I actually don't know. Uh, I think the brother is Sir Jeffrey. Um, yeah, um, yeah, Josh Whitehouse is an English actor. Um, yeah, he's been in Northern Soul, Valley Girl. I guess he was going to play a leading role in, um, a, an unproduced Game of Thrones prequel series, which I could totally see, uh, just with his look. And yeah, yeah. His, bro- his brother, Sir Jeffrey, is Harry Jarvis, another English actor. Um, yeah, they're like he was in some other he was in some other things like uh The Dare, The Midsummer Night's Dream, etc. So they're you know, they're both doing stuff, but they're both hot and they definitely look related. Yeah, yeah, they do. And like also I kept on looking at Josh Whitehouse, I just kept on thinking, he's just like a few degrees away from John McAvoy. He's just like a little <laughs> like he doesn't have the intense eyes, but it like it made me miss John McAvoy every single time I looked at him and I just wanted to be like, What's he doing? How's John McAvoy doing? Oh, <laughs> I can see that. I can totally see yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting because, like, so his brother is going to become a knight, but then he runs into this, like, old woman, this old witch, who he refers to as a crone, and he refers to as a crone for the rest of the movie, and everyone is so annoyed with him for using that literally, when you look up the cast, (laughs) this actress, Ella Kenyon, uh, it just says old crone. Like, that is her character's name. (laughs) It says, I die. It's so, okay, old crone. He runs into old crone and she's just like, you have a quest. And like, she has like, 
like predictions like there's gonna be like a box where people make merry there will be like I don't know like she's just like predicting like technologies but she's talking about it in a different way and I wish I'd written down everything Kyle remembered everything so he kept on repeating stuff during the movie so I was just like I'll remember it and then I absolutely did not the but old crone just- deserves her own podcast she was fantastic she she, she had so such good. great lines also later in the movie she has a really great wig that I love like I think she really pulls off the bright silver look with the hair color um we love her in this house. We're we're all about the old crone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the old crone is great. So Sir Cole shows up, and like immediately he like runs into this like black cop who is just like, "Wow, we need to get you some help." And I love that this cop. Like, of course, I hate seeing black cops, but this is maybe like the nicest, most like like non-hateable black cop in a movie because he's just genuinely concerned about people's well-being and he's also just like really like nice like I just it made me wish that he wasn't playing a cop because I was like I like this guy I felt the same way like he's a sweetheart like he's what people like what cops should like what we would want to replace cops with you know he's like a community minded person who wants people to be safe he obviously he has empathy for sir cole he's like this man is not well he thinks he's a knight (laughs) and he's causing a lot of trouble and he's making people uncomfortable so i'm going to talk to him uh and find out what's going on and and later on um the the cop also is trying to help Vanessa Hudgens and make sure that she's okay and that this night isn't bothering her. And it's never in a, like, I'm going to kill everyone because are they bothering you? It's just a, like, how's everybody doing? And so I agree with you. I wish he wasn't a cop because I like, um, I like him. I like his character and I like his acting and I don't want him to be copaganda. But yeah, so uh, he's kind of omnipresent. He's like the omnipresent cop in this movie. Yeah, he is. He's, like, everywhere. Like, him um, and the old crone. <laughs> him and the old crone. And he's played by Arnold Pinnock, who is an English actor. And I'm just like, okay, well, why didn't he have an accent? But I guess there was, like, enough accents in the movie <laughs> that they didn't want him to also have one. But yes. And he's he's very cool. Um, so, like, it's, it's interesting because I... Vanessa Hutchins basically takes like takes in Sir Cole and decides to take care of him just because she's like worried about his mental health and she's worried essentially that he's going to kill himself because like he doesn't he's like oh he's looking at cars he's like that's a the metal steed like he's like there's a part where like he immediately runs into these teenagers and they take a selfie with him and I <laughs> being like this selfie should sh- he, this should be blowing his mind like he's surprised but I'm just like literally your image was taken into a small object like it's weird that he doesn't just like chuck it and be like witchcraft like yeah how like it- why why doesn't he think the selfie holds as much power as the old crone like why isn't he like wow this has just stolen my soul it's it's incredible like one one of my reactions throughout the whole movie is like why is Vanessa Hudgens not afraid that she will get hurt like why is she inviting someone as a woman who lives alone why is she inviting this man who's covered in metal (laughs) like into her home when she thinks that he's unwell she's a teacher she's not a 
mental health professional, you know, like why does she think that she has the tools to help him rehabilitate on her own when she has no knowledge of his actual background? Like I was just worried for her. I was like, and this is not a victim blaming comment, but as a woman navigating the world, I was like, how is she not worried or taking any precautions for her own safety? Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't understand it. Like she just trusts him so much and everybody else is freaked out. Just like, girl, like also it's so interesting that she has all of this room. She's just a teacher, but her house is like really nice. Yeah. She's got like a nice two bedroom and like Sir Cole has plenty of space to learn what a, a TV is and to, he's like so excited about the refrigerator, which honestly same. So I get it. Um, (laughs) Oh my god, I love the part in the car where he's just like trying to, it's like, where are the minstrels? Where, where is the performance? And then he realizes that like, if he changes it, it's a bunch of him messing with that radio is so cute. It's, yeah, no, I mean, I, I am actually like really jealous of the people who got to write this movie because there were so many lines that were so silly. And I was like, this must have been so fun. (laughs) Like to write this night's dialogue. <laughs> yeah, he's like, where are the, d- does he say like, where are the minstrels? Like, uh, yeah. yeah. And he's just like trying to find who's singing to him. And she's like, uh, we don't say that. <laughs> this is a radio. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this, the, the funny thing about the night before Christmas is Princess Switch movies. So the first Princess Switch is pretty straightforward, but it still has this major shenanigan of switching places and trying to keep this ruse alive, right? But The Night Before Christmas is interesting because it has a big gimmick, right? The gimmick is that this knight is in the present day and he has to find love. Um, I don't even remember why the crone is like, why he has to find love before he can return. Um, do you? <laughs> I don't remember. All I know is that the crone is like, you must go out into the modern world and like, um, yeah, well, I mean, in the end, he's just like, you are my quest. And like, it's just so interesting that like his quest is like love. Like this old crone is like Santa. Like, <laughs> yeah, She's like, you got to go fall in love with someone who has the internet. And so it's like, like the night before Christmas is kind of like high concept in the sense of having this big shenanigan, but the actual movie itself is really, there's not that many plot twists because it's just like him living with Vanessa Hudgens. It's like, it's just like a movie about a knight who's like discovering what modern shit is. And then like Like, this teacher, like finding out like, no, this man really thinks he's a knight and like her slowly realizing that she believes that he's a knight. (laughs) Okay, And like a town that's just like really worried about her because they're like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Uh, the night before Christmas is great because it's just essentially just like a bunch of just like comedy moments strung together in a movie. Like he wants the Alexa, he calls Alexa Lady Alexa, which made me laugh every single time. Him Lady interacting Alexa. with Alexa was like, I 
I did love that. <laughs> that is that is honestly some of the best shit. And then like when he's like, I banished her into the cold air, and it's just like he puts her in the fridge. With the Alexa in the fridge, like his beef with the Alexa, I was like, this is actually relatable. I feel this. Um he doesn't know how to shut her. It reminds me of like me not being me not knowing how to turn off my Furby and just like putting it in the closet and then it's like still talking in there. Yeah, like, I feel like The Night Before Christmas feels almost like a sketch that got made into a movie. You know, like, the concept is a sketch, but then they're like, well, we'll just have a whole movie of this. A whole whole sketch movie. Like, when they're in the diner, the diner scene is maybe one of my favorite scenes because he's just, like, number one, he, like, he he enjoys, okay, he's reading the menu, and he's like, cheeseburger, tater tots, hot dog, and he just, he doesn't understand what any of this food is. And then, like, Vanessa Hudgens has to order for him, and then he eats the food, and then he likes it, and then he turns to the waitress and just like bring us more wench (laughs) oh my god and the waitress is like excuse me i love like so much of this movie is him using old words for women or really just people in general that are offensive and then that being a confrontation and i love that because i do feel like there's a lot of movies that have a time travel um component and that doesn't happen enough where someone's not trying to be offensive, but they're just using old language, which is offensive. <laughs> like that is such a theme in this is him being like, old crone, excuse me, wench, where are the peasants? <laughs> and you're just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my God. And then um, so her so Vanessa Hudgens ex like cheated on cheated on her. And like, I guess he's like with the girl that he cheated on. Her with and so she comes in he comes into the diner with her and <laughs> they're, they're talking about it and um he calls him a scoundrel i just love that sir cole is ready to beat that ass he's just like yelling like scoundrel like <laughs> when he yelled that i was just like this is amazing. We need to bring back Scoundrel. Like, and then Kyle said the funniest thing. He was like, yeah, I feel like these days you just say, like, bitch ass. And, like, hearing that from Kyle is, holy, I should, I really should have brought him in to say it because it was so funny. Like, I was just like, did you just say... <laughs> Imagining Kyle saying bitch ass is, like, very funny. <laughs> and he's just like, we should bring back Scoundrel. And I was like, yeah, Kyle, I mean, that would be the best word for you to use in these situations. Scoundrel? Scoundrel is such a good word. Like, it's so satisfying. Scoundrel. Yeah. Like, and you have to say it with contempt for it to really fit. It's like yeah, to, to reach its full potential. I just, and I just love it. Just, it's so, it's such comedy that she used to like hold him back from just like whooping his ass. Like, I just, <laughs> that's so good. Like, I rarely ever see like a white guy really get buck in a movie like this. And I was just like, this is very attractive that he wants to be that. <laughs> You're like, I am attracted. <laughs> yeah, I am attracted to this white man. Because he's like, he's, I don't know. The thing, a thing that I love about Sir Cole is that he like, he's just like very clear. He's really honest. He doesn't really hide things. And I kind of, and I kind of feel like this Vanessa Hudson's character needs that. Like somebody who is just like super, super honest. And like, what's more honest than someone who lived in the 1300s and has no idea like what, tact is in this time (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah um so he 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing, I mean, of course, they end up together. Um, and he, he does get back into his own time for a little bit to talk to his brother a little bit, but then he comes back. And um, the weirdest thing about this movie, I think, is that, like, he's never going to see his brother again. So it's like, yes, you get, you find true love, and that's great, and you're going to build a family together and whatever, but you also never get to see your brother again. Yeah, and honestly, I like the brother is only on screen for a few minutes and this is not purely the fact that he's also an attractive knight but i'm very interested in the brother i i want to know more about the brother i want to know like how close they were how close they weren't what the brothers into how would the brother talk to alexa is there going to be a movie about the brother i honestly felt like it set it up a little bit for the brother <laughs> um would love if there was like a follow-up movie with the brother where it was like a gay love story. Um, yeah, well, at the end, it kind of seems like a, like he because he t- he runs into the crone and it's like, oh no, is the brother also going to go on an adventure? Wouldn't that be amazing? I would totally watch the brother go on an adventure, and yeah. and I think Netflix knows that. <laughs> I, yeah, I really, I really hope so. I mean, Vanessa Hudgens, I. Like, I really wanted to do this episode because, like, you know, she's not, like, the best actress in the world. But, like, the I think that she has a lot of charisma. I and agree. They, they keep on just, like, putting her in these movies. And they're just, like, so watchable and enjoyable that, like, I don't have, like, alternatives. Like, I really think that you should watch all three of these. I hadn't, I watched them all in, like, two days. And I had an incredible time. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like... uh you know, last year when we covered The Spirit of Christmas, we told everyone to watch it. I feel like The Night Before Christmas and The Princess Switch movies are kind of in that same genre of just, like, delightfully absurd Christmas movies. Yeah. Yeah. This has been our Vanessa Hudgens fan episode. Yeah. <laughs> Vanessa, I, if you're yeah. listening, um, I am I did not mean to hurt your feelings. I know that these scripts are ridiculous and I think that you're a delight to watch and I would love to watch you in more things. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, so I, and I also feel like it's a good, it's good that we're like starting to get into the Netflix stuff so that, you know, next year we can do like the Christmas Prince movies or something. Cause I haven't watched any of the Christmas Prince movies either. Oh, <laughs> Jordan, I have. And I'm so excited for you to go on this journey. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, Netflix is Netflix is essentially like the closest that we have to like a joint watching experience in a sense that like everything that comes out, people watch it. I'm very behind on everything on Netflix because I've just been like watching a lot of different films. But it's always so interesting that whenever anything new comes out on Netflix, everybody's watching it at the exact same time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There is definitely... And especially right now, it, it feels um, the closest that we have to like everyone going to the theater, you know, and like everyone went to the theater in the last two weeks and saw this movie. It's like, oh, everybody watched it on Netflix this weekend. And and believe it or not, listeners, we are not sponsored by Netflix, <laughs> even though this episode might sound like it. <laughs> yeah, we are not sponsored by Netflix. But, you know, if they want to sponsor us, I'm not going to say no. No, I'm not going to say no either. (laughs) So, you know, I, 
I hope everybody's having a good holiday or like as good as you possibly can. And I really do think like really go find some joy. Like I feel like this year, probably more than any other year, we've like tried to pick holiday movies that are really fun to watch. Yes. Um, I agree because like, yeah, this year has been really, really hard. And if you're listening to this, I just want to say you're doing a good job. Um, Please be nice to yourself. We've all been through such massive collective trauma. And obviously, I don't know about the individual uh, struggles that you're dealing with, but just like try to be sweet to yourself and let yourself rest and not feel guilty or obligated to doom scroll this holiday. You know, have have some cider. Watch a watch yeah. Princess Switch. Yes, yes. Do both of those things. So, and per um, usual... Our song is by Clutch Douglas. You can always go onto their band camp, uh, give them some love, uh, and you can always give us reviews. We love that. And you can, you know, subscribe to our Patreon because we're doing um, a new bonus series called The Pool House where we talk about the OC. And, you know, you you, you want to listen to that. You oh, my God. Listen. I, oh, the OC. Yes, please join yes. us in our OC journey. And once again, I do not have a Twitter account, but please follow Brom.computer. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I have Twitter. Jordan does not have Twitter. Nope. Um, you know, pray for her. I have to tell her about <laughs> all the memes, you know, all of the memes. <laughs> um, I have to right. se- I send her memes in an a email forward. Um, I'm Bronwyn Isaac. I'm Jordan Searles. Hi. Hi.